Being a professional isn't about the money you make, the position you hold, your level of expertise or fame. It's the motivation and the attitude you bring to your work. A desire for always learning and improving and balancing your creative output with getting the business done. Welcome and join the Creating Pros. Hi, and welcome back to Creating Pros. I'm your host, Jim Nettles. And this week, we're going to be taking on one of the two certainties in life. You know, they say that there are two certainties, death and taxes. Well, we're going to be looking at the second one this week. It's getting to be that time of year. We're getting towards the end of January, which means there's a lot of stuff that should already be going on. So if you are a creative, you're a freelancer, you've got some sort of a business going on, even if it's just a side hustle, you should be thinking about all of your taxes and all the stuff you need to get together right now. Now, if you haven't been thinking about this all year and looking at it like you might should have been, like a lot of us, you're sitting there probably a little bit panicked right now and looking at maybe stacks of receipts, trying to go back through and figure out, you know, what did you make money on? What did you spend money on? What all has gone on in the past year, right? Well, I want to talk a little bit about how we can approach the taxes and how we can hopefully make 2024 a little bit easier year to deal with it too. So this is where frequently I talk about the idea that there's a difference between having a job and being on salary, getting, you know, getting paid and owning a business. There's a big difference between money personally and money within a business. And tax time is one of the big times of the year that we see this. And so this is a lot of the things that we're going to talk about. Keep in mind things that you can do as a business, you can't do as an individual and vice versa sometimes. And also I'll go ahead and add this. I would not take this as specific financial advice, legal advice, any of that kind of good stuff. Everybody's situation is different. That's part of the joys of having such complicated tax code. And if you've not done this before, I recommend you talk to a good professional. Now, when you go along, one of the first things that you have to be aware of is that idea of what kind of business do you have? You know, if you've never filed any paperwork, um, you just started doing something on the side, you're writing, you're freelancing, you're doing some stuff, then probably you just have a sole proprietorship. You know, you don't have a separate business entity. Everything is going to roll up and go underneath your one tax ID. Now, if you have an LLC, the same thing is true, but you've got to file a little bit of additional paperwork and stuff with the return because the LLC, even though all the money and stuff is going to flow through into your return, you've got a little bit more paperwork to do. Now, if, for example, you're doing a lot more business and it's made sense at this point because you're uh, you're making fifty, hundred thousand a year or more, and you've now gone to an S corp, well, then you're looking at an entirely separate return, and more than likely, you're also dealing with your accountant on these things. One of the next things to look at as you're getting ready for this is that idea of how am I looking at my money. Well, as a business, you've got two ways to look at it. The first of which, which is going to be what the majority of you are using, is called a cash basis. So in other words, you recognize money coming in and going out of the business as it comes in or goes out. Accrual, which is something we do sometimes do, especially if you're an author receiving royalties, you're on a longer term contract, some things like this, you might go ahead and accrue and show the fact that you've got an asset uh, let's say, for example, you're receiving residuals off of the sale of a property or something like that. 
well, then you might make sense to go and do things on an accrual basis instead of a cash basis. Again, this is one of those times where you've got to run the numbers and I'd talk to your accountant. And one of the other fun things that everybody gets to discover the first time you make money as a business is that idea of, yes, you are going to be paying more in taxes than you are, say, for your day job, because there's now the other part of taxes that you're used to paying, which are called self-employment taxes. So this does mean that you are going to wind up paying a bit more in taxes than you would on necessarily a W-2 type job. But at the same time, there's a lot of things that you can use to deduct and lower your taxable liability. Now, as you go along and we calculate this today, you know, one of the things you're going to take a look at is whether or not you made money or lost money. Did you have a gain or did you have a loss for the business for the year? And, you know, if you have a loss, a lot of the time this can help you have a reduction in your taxable income from your W-2. Uh, but there are requirements about how many years you can just straight up have losses before things become a hobby, things like that. So the important parts are really just looking at your revenues of the business and your expenses of the business. Whether you have a gain or a loss is determined by, did you make more money than you, uh, than you spent this year? Really that simple. So revenues come into you as a business a number of different ways, and you'll recognize them a couple of different ways. Uh, if you're doing direct sales, in other words, you're doing conventions, events, you're selling from your website, things like this, then you're going to be responsible for tracking all of those direct sales. You're going to pull those revenues in, you're going to know what they are, and you're going to then book those. And you may or may not have sales tax associated with those items as well. If you're using and selling, say, through other retailers, Amazon, um, when you attend events, somebody else is selling your books for you, uh, things along these lines, then those retailers may or may not be responsible to give you a tax statement, depending on how much you've had in sales um, for the given year. Now, as you go along and look at things, you, again, are going to be the one that's primarily responsible for knowing recording and reporting those sales from those retailers. Uh, for example, if you've got something coming in from Amazon, um, only in certain circumstances are you going to get a financial statement. Pretty much you're going to be responsible for going in, pulling your sales, your numbers for the year, things along those lines. Then as we go along, let's say that you are getting revenues from other sources. Well, you might be getting royalties from a publisher. You might be getting residuals from having a licensed IP. Uh, any number of things like this could be going on where you could be getting in um, royalty statements and these could be coming as 1099s. Um, usually it is either a, an NEC or a 1099 miscellaneous. Now, as we talk about expenses in a minute, you might too res be responsible for generating those for other people as well. Uh, but the miscellaneous income, the NEC income comes because Maybe it's from sales you're getting from somebody. It could come as uh, those royalty statements from you know some organizations. It might come because you're being a freelancer as well. So let's say you're doing some contract writing, uh, contract work, contract consulting, artwork, any number of things like this. Well, if you've done enough, enough of that, in other words, you've hit at least $600 worth of income, you're going to be required to get uh, a 1099 and from that particular um, employer or the person you provided those services for. So when that 1099 comes in, 
um, you'll recognize and record that income. And so anytime that you are out there doing work, doing services, be aware that if you've made money, that money is potentially going to be taxed. Now, once you've accumulated and added up and you know what all of those revenues are, that's one of those things you can take a look at. And it might be a little daunting because you may look at and have thousands, tens of thousands, or even more in revenues. And you're sitting there looking at that. And if you've not been making quarterly payments, you might be a little bit concerned about the tax bill you're getting ready to get. Well, as a business, you know, when we look as, as an individual, there's a lot of things we can do that are generally part of standard deductions. There are a lot of things that are deductible, you know, if you itemize entirely, right? And you've got to go through and calculate and figure that out. Well, if you have a business, you have dedicated expenses that you can use to reduce that income. So, and as we look at the expenses, again, as I was just mentioning with um, 1099s, if you've had somebody doing work for you, they've made covers for you, they've been doing editing, they've been doing marketing services, other professional services and things like that for you, um, you can deduct those. That'll reduce the income you've gotten coming in. But you also are going to be probably responsible to issue a 1099 to them, either a 1099 NEC or a 1099 miscellaneous. So again, this is one of those things, if you have been consulting for a lot of services, you're probably going to find out you need to issue documents to those people that provided services for you. Now, what can I generally, and again, I'm going to be, this is going to be very generalized. Everybody's situation is going to be a little bit different, but what expenses count towards reducing my taxable income? Well, in general, the first thing is direct expenses, right? Um, as a writer, that's paying for covers, that's paying for editing, uh, that's ordering physical copies of them, ordering copies to give away, review copies, things like that. It's going to be the editing I paid for, covers I may have paid for, um, marketing services, any of the stuff that is directly attributable to either the creation of my, of my product or it's me ordering physical product in based off of my work or just ordering in inventory. Let's say you're a creative business, you know, you are reselling other people's stuff. Anything that is getting in your inventory is a direct expense and it's going to be something that reduces your taxable income. The next thing is going to be this may be direct or indirect and this is going to be around your marketing and sales expenses. Are you running Facebook ads? Are you doing a lot of things like this where you're spending money to actually promote the business? Well, Generally, that's going to be something that you can deduct as well. Um, consulting expenses, right? Tax preparation, accountants, um, again, publicity, PR, marketing, um, other kinds of consulting. All of those kinds of expenses are going to be things that you're going to generally be able to, to deduct. Now, other things that are not quite as direct, right? These are things that are more geared towards the operation of the business. Well, for example... Everybody talks about the home office deductions. Well, there are very specific parameters around how you can take a deduction, how much of deduction you can take, how you calculate it, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you can find that information online pretty easily. Also, most tax preparation programs will walk you through that pretty easily. Um, computer equipment, you know, printers, uh, any kind of office equipment, stuff like that you're getting in, computers, printers, phones. You know, in the good old days, we'd have talked about fax machines and 
believe it or not, those still pop up around too. You know, uh, scanners. Um, if you are having to go through and buy that sort of stuff for your office, you know, it's time to get a new laptop. Well, you may be making a decision between do you capitalize and depreciate it or do you take the full expense? And this is one of those areas where there is some shift going on as to what you can do in 2023 and what you'll be able to do in 2024 and beyond. Um, other things that you will be looking at in terms of reducing your liability, things that go to the operation of the business, um, software licenses, subscriptions, right? Um, memberships, things like that. Let's say you're a member of CIFWA or you're a member of the HWA, you're a member of the RWA. Well, those kinds of professional associations are things that are also part of your business. They're part of your expenses. Um, and again, software, if you're buying Microsoft Word, Scrivener, any kinds of any kinds of those sorts of software as a service type things, all of that would be deductible as well as if it's just a one-time purchase. Now, travel expenses. If you are traveling for an event, for a convention, for promotion, whatever the case may be, or even sometimes if you're traveling for research, right? Let's say that you're working on a project, you need to go see a place, you want to go walk, you want to see it, you want to actually feel it, touch it, you need pictures, whatever the case may be. Well, a lot of that may actually ultimately be deductible if it results in you producing work. Um, but if you're traveling for conventions, events, um, you know, when you go, then your booth fees, all of this stuff related to that travel generally is going to be deductible. Now, meals and things like that, again, are one of those things that have some special provisions. Um, but if you're taking your editor to dinner you're, or you're taking somebody out to dinner for things like this, then usually at least 50% or usually 50% of that will be deductible. Um, also swag you're buying for the booth, swag you're buying to give away as promotional items, things like that are also going to be deductible. Uh, your online presence, right? Now, if you're looking at your website, your domains, the themes you're buying, um, your hosting expenses, your email subscriptions, you know, the newsletter services you're using, all that kind of stuff, all of that that is dedicated to the business would be deductible. Um, same thing as other sorts of just general raw materials you might be using, right? Maybe you're pulling in stock images either to be part of a cover, part of your promotional materials, or just inspirational type stuff. Um, anything along those lines that are tied to the business. And this is where it becomes really important is knowing what you're doing and what is allocated to the business and to the activities of your business versus those things that are personal. Now, does that mean that sometimes things are going to get mixed? Absolutely. So for example, in travel, if you're driving and that car is your personal vehicle and also you use it for travel to events and conventions, it's probably easiest just to calculate and use the mileage calculations for travel. Um, you know, again, things like the home office deduction, um, you know, that's what portion of your house, apartment, you know, do you have a dedicated working space to use and to work with? And so it's being able to go in and say, yes, these things are focused and dedicated to my business. And if it's not fully dedicated to the business, then sometimes there'll be provisions around what portion of it you can take or deduct. Now, 
This is just kind of an overview and a very big picture, high level look uh, at the kind of things that you're very commonly going to have to do and deal with. Um, you know, there's a bunch of other stuff, office supplies, things like that, that, that become obvious to you. So if you, if you're not used to dealing with this, um, if you're just getting started for a lot of people, it's really easy to use, um, any number of the tax softwares that are out there, um, or go to a tax preparer and have somebody help you. It is generally much worth it to pay a little bit to have somebody help keep you out of tax trouble. Now, as you're getting ready and trying to get organized, both to do your 2023 taxes, as well as potentially looking at, do you want to do things better in 2024? Well, there's a few tips and things that you can look at. Now, first of all, one of the things I do recommend is if you're running a creative business, have a dedicated bank account and a dedicated credit card for the business. That way you can keep segmented all the things that are related to the business, both income and expenses just for sake of simplicity. Also, in some cases, you'll need to do that to help, especially if you've got like an LLC, to help make sure that you're getting the maximum benefit and protections of having an LLC. Um, now, if it is your first year in business, then this is going to be your first time probably pulling all this together, figuring out what you've got and trying to get through this. But if you've been in business for a while, you know, pulling up last year's return or the returns for the last few years, can be really helpful. It's a good way to get started. And it's really the basis for doing this ta year's taxes anyway. As you're going through and pulling information together, you know, one of the things I recommend is, you know, just kind of get organized. As you start pulling things together, your revenues, your expenses, as you pull information from your bank accounts and do all these kinds of things, well, keep a checklist. Know everywhere that you see things coming and going from, um, you know, Make notes about all the sorts of things you just do routine, routinely. That way you don't miss something. You don't forget about something. Now, as your business grows, and if you've gotten anywhere past making a little bit of money every quarter, you should be doing your businesses or your books at a minimum of quarterly anyway, so that you can be submitting your quarterly, uh, quarterly withholding payments. Now, this is one of those places where having a business is very different from having a job. You know, if you're on a W-2 and getting paid by W-2s or you're getting paid as a consultant, you know, you're doing these sorts of things. Well, you're having taxes withheld from your check already, right? We're doing returns because that way we're adjusting what's already been withheld and you're either going to owe a little bit or have to get a little bit. Back. Now, if you are running and owning a business, you're responsible for making those withholding payments so that there's something to offset against. And generally, that is done quarterly. Um, now, a couple of things that also make your life easier as you go throughout the year. Uh, one of the first and easiest things to do is if you are on a trip, you are, um, you know, hotel bills, you know, gas receipts, meals receipts, um, you've bought stuff. One of the first things I recommend you do is if you've done it online, have a folder you can put all those email receipts in. Uh, that you've purchased. If it's physical and you've bought something or something along those lines, just take a picture or scan the receipt, go ahead and put it in that folder so they're all in one place. And last but not least, one of the, the last and easiest things to do that will help you really align what you need to do is pull down your bank savings, right? Um, and if you've done what I recommended earlier about having a dedicated bank account, dedicated credit cards, 
then you're only pulling down, down those few statements that you need to, and you can dive in and get started. So for everybody that is just now starting the tax time panic, um, good luck to everybody, and we'll see you again next week. This has been Creating Pros.